Coming up on this week's episode of Check Your Balances, we talk Roths, we talk Social Security, and we talk about tax moving. Stick around, we'll get into that next. Check Your Balances is a show produced and owned by Craftwork Capital. The views expressed by the hosts and their guests are personal opinions and should not be considered personal financial advice or the opinion of Craftwork Capital. All investments have risk and may lose money. Consult with your financial advisor, tax preparer, or attorney prior to implementing anything discussed, and please do not use this show as the sole basis for financial decisions. Welcome back to Check Your Balances. I am Ross Anderson, joined as always by my partner and friend, Dan Maseka. Dan, how are you feeling today? Hey, Ross. I'm feeling great, actually. Glad to hear it. I uh, am enjoying the 70-degree weather we're having in Maryland, which is a nice change of pace. Yeah, no, it, it certainly feels like spring. I think it's probably that faux spring where, where it's not real yet, but uh, I'll take it uh, any day we get that's nice like this. Yeah, I didn't know what to do with myself. I, I went outside for a walk and I felt like my skin was burning because it hasn't experienced sun and heat like that in months. So I want to kick off today's show by pointing out that not a single person identified where our music is being used. So I'm going to take that as a sign that it is either not that obvious to people when they hear it, or, or people don't, d- didn't care enough to to write in and send us an email when they heard it. I did get a text from a friend that uh, said he was trying, but he couldn't figure it out. So our music was being used in a Dunkin' Donuts commercial. In total fairness, you did send me a video of that very commercial, and I watched it 10 times over trying to figure out why you sent me that commercial fully aware of the music that we have on our podcast and still could not figure out that that's what was going on you just thought i was trying to share some of the great deals at duncan yeah if you download the app you can get a free afternoon coffee well you know what in in our previous life when we got to walk to the office that would have been pretty useful for you there there was a duncan donuts nearby it is if only i got reception over there my app wouldn't load so eventually i i deleted it Oh wow! That's a yeah. Uh, yeah. Duncan clearly not a sponsor of our show. They're getting shade for their app right now. No, but I I still love you, Duncan. I was I was always more of a Starbucks guy when I got to pick the coffee spot because we we had one kind of equidistant. Uh, there there was a Starbucks and a Duncan. I I was more of the Starbucks guy. I was the team player. I would go wherever people were going. I do appreciate that about you, Dan. You're 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 very agreeable. I've been told that. Let's get into our first planning topic for the day, because today's show, I think we're going to go through three different things uh, that are common questions, kind of similar to our our retirement myths show, but uh, maybe not myths so much as things that are misunderstood or come up a lot when it comes to financial planning. And I feel like the first one gets covered all the time, but I still get questions about it all the time. So there's clearly room for us to at least share some of this information. And we're going to be talking about the Roth. Roth IRA, Roth 401k, there's a bunch of things that end up kind of falling into that bucket. But at the highest level, Dan, what is that? Why would anybody be excited about it? Like you mentioned, Roth is a bucket or a category of money. And the way it works is money that goes into a Roth has been taxed already. And then that money can grow, hopefully, over time. And when you pull money out, you then don't need to pay taxes on anything that comes out, assuming you meet certain qualifications. So all the growth has been tax-free. You get that money, no taxes. And then certainly you're not taxed on the money that you've already paid on. So a dollar in that account is a real dollar that can hit your bank account and that you can spend. Tax-free growth certainly sounds pretty nice because everywhere else that we grow money, it's ultimately going to have a tax impact, right? It will. So uh, the alternative to that, to the Roth IRA or the Roth bucket, is being able to save 
pre-tax where you're putting money into that wrapper, a pre-tax wrapper, and get a tax deduction. But in exchange for that, you're going to have to pay taxes down the road on both what you put in and what comes out. Got it. So on the Roth, there's three major ways to get money into that category. And I think this is where there's confusion in terms of who can do this, who can't, or who shouldn't. Category one is people just making a contribution, taking money that they've earned this year and putting it into a Roth IRA or a contributory Roth IRA, correct? That's correct. So if you've earned money from working, you can take up to $6,000 if you're under age 50 or up to $7,000 if you're over 50 and just contribute that into a Roth IRA, assuming you don't make too much money. So what is too much money? Too much money is if you're a single filer, $140,000 of modified adjusted gross income. That's where you can't make any contribution into a Roth IRA. It phases out starting at 125,000 and uh, your contribution limit decreases up until 140, but at $140,000, you're out of that game. And then for a married couple? For married filing jointly, the top of that range is $208,000. So at that level of modified adjusted gross income, no more Roth contributions. All right. So for married filing jointly, 208000 or below, this is an option for you. Or for a single filer, 140000 or below, this is an option for you, at least at some level. So for people that are above that, and I think this is where it comes from, they, they read those numbers, they hear those numbers and go, okay, well, I can't do this, right? This isn't for me. But there's other ways to get money into a Roth. How would that work? One of them that people aren't aware they can do, even if they're earning more than those levels, is a Roth 401k. So many employers that have have plans like 401ks that you're familiar with, you can put money in pre-tax, but they also include Roth options. So no matter how much you make, you can contribute through an employer plan to a Roth 401k. And that includes some major employers like locally here, the, the Thrift Savings Plan or the TSP for federal government employees. They have this option, and, and we're seeing it much more commonly in, in current 401k plans today, right? We are. And, and the great thing about using a 401k plan is you can get a lot more money into it. So whereas the Roth IRA, if you're over 50, you can get $7,000 into that plan. If you're over 50, you can get up to $26,000 into your Roth 401k. Now, if you're under 50, it's 19500 which is still a lot more than, than an IRA. So certainly a powerful uh, saving strategy there if the Roth makes sense. And then there's one more major way that people can get money into these, which is the conversion. Take us through that. With a Roth conversion, you're taking money that was previously in a pre-tax account. So you took a tax deduction to get money into like a traditional IRA, for example. You're going to say, I'll pay the taxes on that money today to get it into a Roth IRA. Now, you can convert no matter how much money you're making at any time, whether or not you're still earning anything. You just pay those taxes on whatever amount you want to convert. It doesn't need to be a full account. And then from that point forward, that account is now a Roth. And the growth associated with it will come out tax-free, you know, assuming you qualify. Yeah, there's some nuance to all of this stuff. And so we're trying to cover the major pieces, but anybody that's considering this should consult with their tax preparer or CPA just to make sure that they're doing this correctly. They know all the caveats of what they're looking at. But so those are the three major ways to get money into one of these. You can do a contribution just out of your earned income. 
into a Roth IRA. You can do a contribution into a Roth 401k, regardless of income limits, or you could convert pre-tax dollars from a traditional or pre-tax IRA into a Roth really at any point in time. Now, what are the major time periods where you see people exploring Roths? Well, so I hear this a lot just in terms of, well, should I be considering it really at any age? But as we think about turning the corner from who can do a Roth, which is basically everybody, to who should do a Roth, that's when it gets a little bit more complicated. So when you're when you're doing a Roth, what you're really saying is that I'm choosing to pay taxes today at today's tax rates, and I'm going to take the tax benefit in the future because I'm going to get the benefit of compounded growth, uh, and I think in the future, I'm going to want the tax break. Well, for the people that that makes the most sense for are people that have maybe a little bit earlier in their income trajectory. So they're planning on their income rising. If you're early in your career, you're in your 20s, you expect your income to be growing quite a bit. The Roth tends to be a really good place to save because your tax rate is probably going to go up in the future. And that's when you would want to be taking the tax break versus now, if you're in a lower tax bracket, you've got the opportunity to kind of put this money away into a tax-free growth sort of situation. And it really tends to work well. The second area I see this a lot are for people who've recently retired and whose employment income has stopped. Ideally, this is even before required minimum distributions kick in and the government starts forcing money out of your pre-tax accounts. So when you're in that stage of life, you really have an opportunity to control your tax rate. And if you have no other income coming in, you can choose how much to do as far as Roth conversions go and pay a known little amount of taxes today in exchange for not being subject to potentially higher tax rates down the road. Yeah, so I think that puts us in a really nice place on who should be considering this. Really, to to make the choice to do a Roth, I think you've got to have directionally accurate information on either your income, whether or not you're in a low or high period of income relative to the rest of your earning years. And secondly, having an opinion on whether tax rates might be going up or down. Now, for most people that I talk to, if you ask them, do you think taxes are going up? Countries running pretty large deficits, right? We've got an incredibly high debt on a national level. I think people assume tax rates are going up as a result of that. Now, who they go up for and how much they go up, I think that's very much in question. But I do get a sense, and I've gotten this sense for a while, that people assume tax rates are going to be higher in the future, whether that's right or wrong. Yeah, I I hear that across the board. So you know, income aside, I feel like people are inclined to consider a Roth more than they have ever been in the past. And the only thing that you really need to factor in on top of that is what is your earnings trajectory going to look like? Uh, That's both during your working years and beyond. And that's kind of a preview of what we're going to talk about as as our third segment today. So let's transition into our second topic area today, which is Social Security. Now, Social Security for a lot of Americans is a really big piece of their retirement puzzle. Uh, it's a it's an income stream. It's essentially guaranteed income, and it may be the only guaranteed income that you have, especially if you don't have a pension or something like that from your employer, uh, which fewer and fewer people do these days. And so as you think about putting together a comfortable retirement, having some guaranteed income is a big piece of that, but it comes with one major decision point, which is when do you file? So what what are the main things that you see, Dan, as people think about that decision? There are a couple factors that people think about. The first is, I want that income stream as soon as I can possibly have it. 
you know, if people are contemplating earlier and earlier retire retirements, that social security becomes a bigger part of them being able to meet their lifestyle needs. The second is basically the exact opposite of that and is how can I get the most out of this program as humanly possible and what's the largest benefit I can get? Uh, and that usually lends itself towards waiting till age 70 to let your benefit compound and grow and and get your highest payout every year. Yeah, so the the break-even period for most people waiting until 70 tends to be in like the age 79 to 82 range, meaning you're going to make as much money from Social Security between 70 and let's call it 81, 82, as you would have between 62 and 81 or 82, because you're going to get that higher payout. And that if you get beyond that age, if, you, if your longevity is in well into your 80s or above, you're going to collect a lot more in terms of dollars from the Social Security system if you waited. So that tends to be the decision that I think people are weighing this on. The other big factor, especially for somebody that is choosing to retire before they filed for Social Security, is where is the money going to come from? And I think this is what gets missed. And, and I see so many people out there doing a Social Security analysis purely on how do I get the most from the government? I've paid into the system. How do I get the most dollars back? But that completely ignores the opportunity cost of I need something to live on in the meantime, and that's going to have to come from my portfolio. And if you're peeling money off of your portfolio, you're also losing the associated growth with those savings. So now you have to find a place to, to peel money off. You probably need to move out of riskier, higher growth potential assets into something safer to make sure it's there for you. And uh, that's a really big piece of financial planning is how will that look and how will that impact your retirement if you're making that decision? The other consideration there is really whether or not a goal of yours is passing assets to the next generation. There is a spousal benefit uh, for, for a surviving spouse on Social Security. But beyond that, your kids aren't going to get this huge payout. They're not going to get the equivalent lump sum of kind of the present value of your Social Security payments or, or whatever would be left. And so for people that, for example, are trying to get to age 70 so that they get this higher benefit and they draw through a big piece of their assets, what they're drawing through is also their legacy, the amount that they could pass on to their kids, grandkids, or to, or to charities that they're passionate about. And so as I think about it, I think we need to go back to defining the goal. Is our goal the most secure financial plan where you know we kind of make it bulletproof, or do we need to balance that security, that safety net principle with some of these other things that you may be wanting to do with the wealth that you've accumulated? And I'm honestly not sure that a lot of people think of it that way. And this is a little bit of a tangent, but the same is true with insurance too. People who have accumulated a lot of money over the years figure they can just pay for anything out of pocket. But if your goal is a legacy, is that really the most efficient way to do that? And I think looking at social security in that way and how it plays into your plan is is a really good tool and a really good lens. Like in most things that we talk about on our show, it depends, right? Right. And, and I think one of the underlying themes that we'll continue to hit on is to identify the goal and work towards that goal. So don't just live in sound bites of delay till 70, you know, understand what you're trying to accomplish and solve for that problem. That's much more difficult, Dan. It's easier just to go with the sound bites. It is. All right. So let's transition into our third thing. And I think we're going to try and tie our, our first two topics together. And this is the concept that we're going to call tax smoothing. Uh, now, again, consult your CPA before you get into too much of this. But I seem to get the sense when I talk to people that there is a big desire to reduce taxes. 
That's great. We all understand that. Nobody wants to pay more than they need to. But reduce taxes over what tax period? That's the big question. And so most of what I hear tends to be, how do I lower my tax bill this year? And people aren't necessarily thinking forward-looking. And they're not necessarily thinking about what tax traps could be around the corner for them. I think this is the intersection of of the two topics that we've been discussing here today. Uh, And it gets into choosing how you want to and when you're going to start realizing income. Some of those ways you've got a choice on, some of them are going to be forced upon you if you're not paying attention. So the Roth is really important because a Roth IRA doesn't have a required minimum distribution. Uh, And so as you're, if you're somebody that is facing retirement and you've got large pre-tax IRA assets, when you get to age 72, there's going to be a requirement to start taking some of that money out that you no longer have a choice. Um, it's typically about 4% at the start of, of your required minimum distribution. So that's, gonna, that's coming around the corner for some people. Similarly, if you're waiting on Social Security to file until 70, Now you're going to have that income on top of your RMDs. And so we see a lot of people where they're facing actually a considerably higher tax bracket in retirement than maybe even the one they had when they were working. At potentially the time where it's most painful to you too. With all that extra income, there there are other factors that play a part of that. You might be pushing yourself into new Medicare premium brackets and all sorts of things that waterfall unless you're planning ahead. We see this a lot with people that have an earlier retirement that they have an opportunity or kind of a gap in their tax bracket where they go from working and maybe the, the tax bracket was high. Then they're going to have a period of time before Social Security has turned on, before required minimum distributions have turned on. And a lot of times we see their tax bracket drop through the floor, right? It goes very, very low for a period with kind of higher rates right on the horizon. And for us, that's when I like to do a lot of tax planning. So for people that are thinking about that Roth conversion, that are thinking about, should I defer, 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 and kind of push my tax burden out as far as I possibly can, for a lot of people, we actually think in terms of, does it make sense to pull some of that tax burden forward and accelerate the taxability of that income if it means doing it at a lower rate today than what you might be facing in the future? And the, the key there is to start planning ahead. Don't wait till you get to that point or, you know, right up until RMD age to figure it's time to do tax planning. Start before you retire, create a roadmap for yourself and make sure you're on the optimal path for your plan. Yeah, exactly. When, once you get to 72 and you've got required minimum distributions, there's really not much else that you can do other than uh, potentially some charitable giving or like a qualified charitable distribution. But But beyond that, you're kind of cooked at that point. The RMD is what it is once you've gotten to it. Those are some of my favorite conversations. They're funny, honestly. The people who are asking what they can do to lower their tax burden and they talk about you know, those charitable gifts or qualified charitable distributions. And uh, you know that would lower your tax bill, but did you want to give money away? And if the answer is no, well, now you have less of it and you know rather pay taxes on it and keep it. It's certainly kind of a, a flippant statement, but it's really easy not to pay any taxes, right? If you, if you don't make any money and don't have any money, your tax burden is non-existent. It's it's super easy. Yep. All right. So let's let's wrap wrap up there. I think we've covered a lot. These are kind of uh, there's a lot of rules that surround all of this stuff. We're just kind of hitting the highlights here. This this is stuff that when we get into a financial plan with somebody, it's much easier to look at your numbers to look at your cash flow projections and then start to internalize why this is so important. 
versus us talking about it in concept. Uh, and, and so I think this is one of the places where if you've got a financial planner, make sure you're talking about this stuff uh, to, to look for some of these opportunities, to look for some of these pitfalls and, and make sure that you're on top of it. Your neighbor's plan may not be your plan. It's deeply personal, like Ross said. And uh, I'm going to have a deeply personal uh, admission right now. You know, everyone's a really big fan of Roth, uh, but I must admit that I'm more of a Hagar guy. <laughs> wow. He's just the better singer. I'm sorry. Shots fired. Yep. All right. So Roth IRAs, social security planning, tax smoothing. That's our show for today. If you've got questions, things that you want us to be covering, check your balances at outlook.com is the email address. We look forward to all of your questions getting into it. Also, if you give us a rating on any of the podcast platforms that you listen on, we appreciate it. That helps us with the algorithms and uh, hopefully helps us reach more people. Let us know if you're a Starbucks person or a Dunkin' person. We'd love to hear that and uh, debate the merits of each. And uh, we look forward to catching up with all of you next week on Check Your Balance. (laughs) 